Amen. Turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 44. Kind of in the middle of your Bible. Jeremiah 44. The title of my lesson today is I'm Not Listening. Now, I don't want you to do that. That's just the title of the lesson. I'm Not Listening. Let me tell you a story first. A young boy about eight years old was at a local bodega buying a big box of laundry detergent. The grocer walked over to him in a friendly way and asked if he had a lot of laundry to do. Oh, no, laundry, he said. No, I'm going to wash my dog. The grocer said, you shouldn't wash your dog with that detergent. It's very powerful, and if you wash the dog, he's going to get sick or might even die. But the boy was not going to be stopped. He was one of those kids that you just couldn't tell him anything. He carried the detergent to the counter and paid for it. The store owner still tried to talk him out of washing his dog with that detergent. But the boy was determined. About a week later, he was back in the store to buy some candy. The grocer asked the boy how his dog was doing. With tears in his eyes, he said he died. The grocer was sad to hear about the dog passing away, but he said, I tried to tell you not to use that detergent on your dog. Well, the boy replied, I don't think it was the detergent that killed him. So the man said, well, why? What was it? He said, I think it was the spin cycle that got it. <laughs> Didn't see that coming, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> there are just some people that you just can't tell them anything. Their minds are like steel traps, tightly shut and difficult to open. They have their minds made up, and they're not going to change it. Not for me, not for you, not even for God. That's pretty much the situation here in Jeremiah chapter 44. Let's look in verse 7. We're going to read verse 7 through 10 first. Jeremiah 44, 7 through 10. Now this is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel says. Why bring such great disaster on yourselves by cutting off from Judah the men and women, children and infants, and so leave yourselves without a remnant. Why provoke me to anger with what your hands have made, burning incense to other gods in Egypt, where you have come, from, come to live? You will destroy yourselves and make yourselves an object of cursing and reproach among the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten the wickedness committed by your fathers and by the kings and queens of Judah and the wickedness committed by you? And your wives in the land of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem, to this day they have not humbled themselves or shown reverence, nor have they followed my law and decrees I set before you and your fathers. Jeremiah the prophet warns the people that God is upset with their behavior. He says, why are you doing this? God says, don't do this. But look at how they responded in verse 15. Then all the men who knew that their wives were burning incense to other gods 
along with all the women who were present, a large assembly, and all the people living in Lower and Upper Egypt said to Jeremiah, We will not listen to the message you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord. They just, you know, sometimes you may think something, but you know, I shouldn't say that. They were so bold, they actually said it to the prophet. I'm not going to listen to you or anything God is telling you to tell me. That's a pretty bold statement. They made up their minds. They like the way they're living, and they're not going to stop living that way. They had no intention to listen to Jeremiah or anybody else. Now, let me give you some background on what's going on here. The Babylonians had just destroyed the nation of Judah, and Jerusalem is in ruins. So those that survived followed Jeremiah down to Egypt, looking for safety and security. And it appears they've been in Egypt for a while, because while they were there, they forgot all the things that their forefathers had done that were punishable. They've fallen back into the same evil ways that God called them out of. So God rescued them out of their evil ways, and then as time went on, they just kind of went right back to it. So God is upset with something that they're doing. Because the Jews have not learned that their behavior is what's upsetting the God. So what exactly was it that God didn't like? Now, here's a new word for you. It's called syncretism. Syncretism. That's an attempt to combine two religions into one. A little bit of God here and a little bit of the world or something else here. And so we'll mix these two together. It's not a pure faith, but rather a mixture of faith and other religions or other beliefs or other feelings. Again, look in verse 15, Jeremiah 44, verse 15. says, then all the men who knew that their wives are burning incense to other gods. So it wasn't like they wasn't sure. They knew it. Along with all the women who were present, a large assembly. So not just a few of them, a large assembly. And all the people living in Lower and Upper Egypt said to Jeremiah, We will not listen to the message you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord. We will certainly do everything we said we would. We will burn incense to the Queen of Heaven. And we will pour out drink offerings to her just as we and our fathers, our kings, and our officials did in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. At that time, they had plenty of food and were well off and suffered no harm. But ever since we stopped burning incense to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her, we have had nothing and have had and have been perishing by sword and famine. Part of Judah's reasoning for offering incense and drink offerings to pagan gods was because They weren't getting what they wanted. So they were using syncretism as a religious insurance policy. In other words, if God is good, and God is good, if God is good, then two or three other gods is going to make this even better. 
It's kind of like I got some insurance on my house, but if I go with Geico, then I can get more and Allstate. So you're trying to buy more insurance so you can feel better. So they're thinking the more gods I have, the more religion I have, the better I'm going to be. If one God is good, several gods has to be better. Now, I don't believe they totally stopped worshiping God. They still worship God, but they just kept adding more stuff to it. God isn't pleased with this idea. Taking his word, his plan that his son Jesus is going to die for and adding anything to it upsets him. Now, first glance, you may think, this is not a big deal. They're burning some incense. Okay, what's the big deal about it? I mean, they're not killing anybody. They're not stealing anything. It's a victimless crime. Kind of like, it's just a little white lie. It's not that big deal. But what they were doing was worse than stealing or robbing or murdering somebody. Look over in John chapter 4, verse 22. In the New Testament, we read about Jesus meeting a Samaritan woman at the well and having a conversation with her. And in John chapter 4, verse 22, we'll just do 21 and 22 so you can get the whole picture. John 4, 21. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Now, what did Jesus mean by this? He meant that God's plan for salvation for the entire world, which includes us today, focuses on the Jewish nation. That's where it's all going to start with, the Jewish nation. So he selected the Jews to be God's chosen people. And they had been chosen by God to show we are God's people following his way. Ultimately, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, would come from the Jews. Look at Romans chapter 9, verse 1. Romans 9, verse 1 through 5. It talks about God's sovereign choice. Since I speak the truth in Christ, I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons. Theirs is the divine glory, the covenants, the receiving of the law the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, praise forever. Amen? So what they're saying is, listen, through the Jewish people, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, is going to come. The nation of Judah was key in God's plan for salvation. For even our salvation. And what these Jews were doing by uh, 
incense and burning incense and all that is that they were changing God's plan. They were attempting to substitute something new into God's plan. Essentially, they were playing with something they didn't understand. You ever see like on TV or news where you see somebody in a laboratory and they're just mixing all kind of chemicals, not knowing what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, boom, it just blows up. That's what they were doing. God says, I have a plan. The Jews are critical in my plan. The Messiah is going to come from this plan. Follow my plan. And they said, that's a good plan, but we're going to add a little bit more to your plan. And God is saying, you're about to blow something up. You're going to mess this thing up. So he is so upset because they're changing his plan. The Jews in Egypt were like that. They were playing with something they didn't understand. Now, that's what happened to the Jews in that day. And you got to ask yourself, it led them to tell God, I'm not going to listen to you or any prophet you put before me. Now, that happened to them, but it could also happen to us today. We could honestly get to a point where we just stop listening to God. And sometimes people do. But to be bold enough to even tell God, I'm not going to listen to you. Let me give you an illustration. We know Tina Turner. She said, I'm a Buddhist slash Baptist. My training is Baptist, and I can still relate to the Ten Commandments. It's all very close, as long as you contact the subconscious mind. I don't care what they feel about me and my tight pants on stage, my lips and my hair. I am a chanter. And everyone who knows anything about chanting knows you correct everything in your life by chanting every day. There are some individuals that try to mix religions. There's some churches that try to mix things up. Give you an example. The Baha Church was a popular movement about 20 years ago attempting to combine all religious faiths under one roof. Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, Confucius, Islam, all of them. It didn't last very long because they had nothing to offer. That's what happens today in people's lives. They get to the point where they just stop listening to God. Now, we can look at people or churches that try to mix Christianity, and we can say, there's no way. That is just not what I'm going to ever do. But we need to ask ourselves, why do people even try to mix religion? Why would they engage in some kind of practice that would lead them to say, I'm not going to listen? One of the most startling phrases in our text this morning is the one the Jews tell. I'm not going to listen to God or to you. And in essence, again, that's, that's mixing religions together. Look over in 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Say, why, why would somebody do that? I mean, that is just bold. Well, here's why. In chapter 4, verse 1, it says, In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead 
And in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Why do people say, God, I'm not going to listen to you? Because they don't like what God has to say. They don't like it. You, you can see some little kids, when they are rebellious and their parents are telling them something, they'll cover their ears, they'll start screaming, because they don't want to hear what their parents has to say. Even as adults, we can be like that towards God. God is telling us something very specific. is in the Bible, black and white, or red, if Jesus is saying it. And we still say, ah, even though I see it, ah, I don't want to do that. Then we start mixing other things. That doesn't really apply in that way. You don't understand the culture of today. You don't see it the way I see it. See, all that is is mixing other religions in there. Now, look back in Jeremiah 44. So sometimes people tell God, I don't want to listen because they just don't want to hear what he has to say. But then other times, it's a much deliberate decision as it is a mindset. This is where their mind is. Look again in verse 17, Jeremiah 44, verse 17. We will certainly do everything we said we would. We will burn incense to the queen of heaven, and we will pour out our drink offerings to her just as our fathers, our kings, and our officials did in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. At that time, they had plenty of food and were well off. And suffered no harm. Now, this is what you got to catch and why they said they're not going to listen to him. Now, we got to hear this because sometimes this could be us. Why were they not going to listen to God? Number one, they said, this is the way we've always done it. It says, just as we did in Judah. In other words, they are used to something to the point that it got them so comfortable, they didn't want to change Secondly, they said their families have always done it that way. Just as our fathers did and their fathers did, so this is just how my family is. Thirdly, they said the people in authority have always done it that way. They said just as our kings and our officials. So the authority said it, so we're just going to do it that way. And then fourthly, they said they figured it worked back then. So why not do it now? See, essentially, what were they saying? This is the way our family does it. This is the way our friends does it. This is the way our church does it. And this is why we were satisfied in the past, so we're not going to change. Now, we think, we're, we think you're wrong, Jeremiah, because we were happier back then. And this is the way it always has been. So we're not going to listen to you. Now, we look at that and we think, well, that's crazy. But again, we can be that same way today. We've always had Bible talks. Why are you changing it now? 
you know what? I'm just not going to go. If y'all going to change this stuff up after I've been here 10 years, I ain't doing it. Why do I have to have a spiritual talk every week with somebody? Why not once a year? I'm a good Christian. I read my Bible every week. That's a lot to ask. That's not what we did in the past. You coming up in here two years trying to change everything? I was happy the way it was. Let's bring somebody, bring Sam back. Let's get rid of this guy. Let's do something else. We were comfortable back then. Now you're trying to stress things out. Now I got to get a Metro card and go meet somebody and talk about my life. See? We can look at them and think, man, that is crazy to say those things. But have we not said those things? See, it's so important for us not to look at people in the Bible and get judgmental of them. Because the same thing can happen to us. We can get so comfortable that when change comes, we're not going to change with it until that change works and makes me feel good and I completely understand it and everything's going great. Guys, that's not living by faith. That's not trusting in God. You know, today we have a special privilege of watching two people being added to God's kingdom. It's going to be encouraging because we have somebody from uh, in their 70s to somebody in his teens that are getting baptized today. So if you're one of the people that's participating in the baptism, you guys can come on backstage and start getting ready. Other than that, let's look over in Jeremiah 44, verse 24. And they told Jeremiah, we are not going to listen to you. But then let's see how Jeremiah replied, because he didn't get angry. He didn't start yelling at him. He said, but this is what God says. He didn't say this is what Jeremiah says. He said, but this is what God says. Look at verse 24. Then Jeremiah said to the people, including the women, hear the word of the Lord, all you people in Judah of Judah and Egypt. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. You and your wives have shown by your actions what you promised when you said, we will certainly carry out our, the vows we made to burn incense and pour out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven. Go ahead then. Do what you promised. Keep your vows. But hear the word of the Lord. All Jews living in Egypt. I swear by my great name, says the Lord, that no one from Judah living anywhere in Egypt will ever again invoke my name or swear as surely as the sovereign Lord lives. For I am watching over them for harm, not for good. The Jews in Egypt will perish by sword and famine until they all are destroyed. Those who escape the sword... And return to the land of Judah from Egypt will be very few. Then the whole remnant of Judah who came to live in Egypt will know those, will know whose word will stand, mine or theirs. It got to the point where God said, okay, you keep your vows. 
You say you don't want to listen, don't listen. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> I'm not going to protect you anymore. I'm not going to help you anymore. You're going to die of famine, severe plague. You're going to die by the sword. And those that think you're getting away, you ain't really getting away. He said, listen, I have a plan of salvation. And if I let you mess it up here, then none of us today would be saved. Guys, God has a plan for each of us now, right now. And you got to understand, his plan is for you to do great things for him. But sometimes we let Satan get involved and we ourselves mess up God's plan. Now, at the same time, even though we may mess it up, God is saying, listen, I want you to change, though. If you just listen to my words, you can get out of this and still follow the plan. That's why you have to study the Bible for yourself. See, they had sincere hearts, but they were still doing it wrong. So basically, they were sincerely wrong. My friends do it like this. Just because your friend does something does not mean it's godly. But they've been in a church longer. That does not mean that is God's standard. Well, that's just the way my family is. You're baptized into Christ. You're not baptized into your family. But that's what the church says. Listen, you got to read the Bible for yourself. You can't just listen to what the preacher says. You can't just listen to what the Bible talks. You need to read it yourself and find out what's going on. It's, it's, good Lord. <laughs> You're like a whole other church service going on back there. Amen. Brother got some support, don't he? See, in spite of what families may do, the church may say, uh, how you feel satisfactory, it's more important that you follow the word of God than you follow any person at all. Now, we need to realize that Israelites, they weren't dumb people. Even though what they did wasn't smart, they weren't dumb people. Many of the individuals there were intelligent. But the problem was their frame of reference. What I mean is this. They approached God from a frame of reference that's outside of the Bible. In other words, they approached God from their experiences, from what their friends are telling them, from what teachers are teaching them, and not from God's view. This is why you must read and pray every day. For yourself. Now, we need to have talks with each other. Absolutely. We need to have spiritual talks. Yes, God is putting us in a place that we can have people in our lives. But you still need to take those talks back to the Bible. And we cannot be such good friends that our friendship overrides what God says. Now, you got to hear me on that because sometimes we can be so compassionate, so sentimental. That we exclude God's word. We can love people, but we got to love them with the godly convictions and not just because they're our friends for so long. 
Honestly, some of your best friends need to be able to tell you the hardest things you've ever heard in your life. Iron sharpens iron. Guys, this is so important for us to do that. While, on a, while a train was loading to take off, two men entered a car and took comfortable seats. They had been there a long time, and then the conductor came and asked them to move to the next car. What's the matter with this car, the man asked. Nothing, he grinned. Only it's not hooked up to anything that'll take you anywhere. See, we need to ask ourselves, not are we comfortable with what we believe? Not are we comfortable in the great church? Not or do we feel good? But am I hooked up to something that's taking me somewhere? That's the question. Because you can be hooked up to something that feels good, and you can be sitting there a long time and not getting anywhere. Guys, do you feel, do you see yourself growing as a Christian? Are you growing in how you love people? Are you growing in how you care for people? Are you growing in your knowledge of the word? Are you growing in the fact that when times are tough, it takes you less time to be discouraged by it? Not that you can't be discouraged, but you can't be discouraged for a year, two years. It needs to get less and less. I'm, I'm down for three days. Now it's just two days. Now it's one day. Now I can pray about it. I'm good in an hour. I mean, are you growing to where you handle things more spiritually, more quickly? That's what I'm talking about. And you know that. And if you're not sure, ask the people around you. And just, guys, before we close out, let me say this. You have to invite people in your life. There's a lot of people that want to be in our lives, but if they don't feel invited, they'll never get in our lives. Because some of us, myself included, can carry ourselves in a way that makes people a little standoffish. Not on purpose. It's just maybe how we look. Not like it's, you know, good or bad looking, but just kind of the demeanor we have. Guys, we have to be inviting to people in our lives. We have to say, you know what, Mr. Ernie, I want you to tell me what you see in me. You know, George, well, you don't really have to say it to George. He's going to tell you anyway. But we need to say, I want you to be honest with me. This is what we need. Now, let's close out here in James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 22. Listen, if you're not hooked up, connected to Jesus, you're not on the right track. You can be on the train, but you're not on the right track. Guys, we got to make sure we are connected to Jesus Christ. See, you can be religious and know a lot of Bible and scriptures. Or you can be a disciple and you hear the word of God and actually apply it to your life. That's two different things. Religious and living it out. And in James 1.22, this is what it says. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. In other words, don't just come to church and say, oh, yeah, uh-huh, amen. And then walk away and it doesn't apply to you. What it says in verse 22, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. 
Guys, we need to look into the word of God and not just say, "Ooh, I read today. And we read so fast that we just walk away feeling good that we read something. Even if you read 10 lines and you sit and think about it and meditate on it, that's so much better than reading a whole chapter and just walking away. Let me encourage you with this. Do not end up like the Israelites that said, I'm not going to listen. It's more important that you listen to this, the word of God, than any iTunes, Apple music, hit music on the radio, talk show, whatever. This is more important. This is going to last for eternity, not just the three minutes and 25 seconds of a song. Listen to what the Word of God is saying, put it into practice, and then we can walk away hooked up to Jesus and not to the world. Amen? Amen. 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 To God be the glory.